You are now entering the black holes of Netflix. So welcome to our very first episode. I'm Madison. And I'm Sarah. And today we'll be discussing the Netflix film The Ridiculous Six. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it, Sarah? Yeah, so The Ridiculous Six, it's basically a Western parody of The Seven Samurai, if you're familiar with that film. There are quite a few other parodies, but this is one of them. Uh, Adam Sandler wrote this film. He was one of the writers, and he also stars as an orphan cowboy who joins his five half-brothers, and they all go together on this adventure to rescue his long-lost father. Along the way, they're just kind of looting through the West. Yeah, they're just trying to rob so that they can get this ransom to save their long-lost father. Kind of similar to The Hateful Eight that Mm -hmm. Quentin Tarantino just released a couple years ago. What's this now? You're that orphan! Raised by Indians! I'm fixing to rob the bank here in town. His name is White Knife. That's right! Yeah! I swear a man can't ride five miles in this territory without running into outlaws yeah! and engines. Apparently there's some new gang out there robbing everybody blind. Half the lawmen in the West are already looking for us. You know which way them their uh, ridiculous six rode off to? This is gonna be so much fun. Now. <laughs> If Frank Stockburn is your father, raise your hand. So to start off, we have like three elements, major like themes that I feel like were problematic in this film and the reason why I I might consider it a black hole. Um, The first one definitely is the redundancy, in my opinion. How did you feel about that? Well, uh, this is something that I noticed right off the bat, that a lot of the jokes, it wasn't that they weren't clever, it's just that they kept beating them to death. They kept using them throughout the entire film to the point where it wasn't funny anymore because we've heard this ten times already. Yeah. Especially just, like, with parody in general, the glory of parody is that you have a random, weird comment or moment, and it doesn't have to be super clever. It can even be stupid humor but that they don't address it again Mm -hmm. or if they address it later in the film but in a better way. So, like, for example, an anchor man with the character Brick, he yells, I love lamp, and no one addresses it. No one, like, harkens back to it, and that's what makes it so funny because it was so random and it feels like an inside joke for the audience. And that's kind of the glory of comedy, and that's really good comedic writing. So for this film, they just kept beating all their jokes just constantly and just did it too much. It was, yeah, yeah the redundancy killed it. Definitely. Definitely did. So, like, an example that I, I noticed was the cantaloupe. Yeah. Like, do you want to explain that a little bit more? Oh, I would love to. So that one was definitely uncomfortable. Uh, there's this character called Lil Pete, and he kind of makes this reference to uh, his relationship with a cantaloupe, um, a sexual reference. And although it's uncomfortable, it could be considered clever. It could be funny. Yeah. But it's brought up probably six, seven times again throughout the movie. Just so many times to where it's not funny anymore. It's just really uncomfortable. Where it was mildly uncomfortable the first time, we're all just really just, we don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, and especially with satire and parody, like, 
that there's that level of uncomfortableness that creates good humor, that awkward yeah. humor. Thinking of like Napoleon Dynamite or Nacho Libre. It wasn't bad. It was just too much. It was just too much. Too exactly. many times. And then another example was um, there's this Indian woman that comes walking out of a tent, and she is clearly not wearing a bra, and one of the characters asks, oh, who's that? And then Adam Sandler's character, White Knife, says, oh, that's wears no bra. And that was really funny. Like, I have to admit, yeah. that was pretty funny. But then what happened immediately afterward he was like, like, she started saying, oh, naughty, naughty, I have dreams about you. And they just, like, yeah, they just kept going with it, and it just wouldn't yeah. stop. And she just kept saying naughty way too much, and it wasn't clever, and, yeah. Yeah, and that's really the problem. It goes on just, just a little too long. That that happened in a later scene. There's this character called Smiley, and... Uh, there's a point where he gets his head knocked off with a shovel. <laughs> Again, funny. it's really funny. I, I laughed at that part. I thought it was clever. And it wasn't even gratuitous either. Like, it was a clean break, like, when they just they just smacked him with the shovel and his head just came off. There was no blood. It was kind of, it was well done. Yeah, and his body keeps shooting the guns that he's holding. Again, it's still kind of funny. It's cheesy and a little weird, but it's parody, so it works. The problem is they kept it going for probably five or six seconds too long to the point where it just kind of lost the humor. Mm. So I think that was the problem. It wasn't that their jokes weren't clever. They just didn't know when to stop. Yeah, and then at that point you're like, this is really strange, just watching a headless body just shooting. They had moments where they kept hearkening back to it, yeah. As a joke throughout the rest of the film, but not in a clever way. They just kept mocking the body shooting. Like, guys, like, yeah. one and done. One and yeah. done. So basically, that's how I felt about the redundancy. I think that was just major kill for all of their jokes, which is a bummer yeah. because it's that's what it's all about. It's a comedy. And then the next theme, I would say, was yeah. the inconsistency in genre. So it's a Western. If if you couldn't get any, if you couldn't get that from our little synopsis, but um, with westerns, there's there's kind of some rules and yeah. some some ways that you go about it, and you can break those rules as long as you're consistent. Basically, with any film, you have to create the world yeah. and create some rules visually as well as like maybe like accent wise and different things mm-hmm. like that to make sure the audience knows where they're at. And you can still be critical of what's going on in that world, but you need to show some consistency to make those criticisms. The problem with this film is there just wasn't a ton of consistency yeah. in some of their some of their things. I think their production design was really consistent. Overall, I think that was a really good good thing that they had going for them. It was yeah. made in 2015. It looks really nice for, for the most part, the film. Like the locations, the costumes, and but, you know, the locations were pretty great. Um, but something that I... I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, was the action scenes. Yeah, especially right at the beginning, that first scene, oh. I was a little thrown off. Just, um, And this is something we've talked about before, just the idea of the speed of what's going on. And this is something that films use all the time. They'll uh, speed the action up a little bit or they'll slow it down for a certain effect. But again, you have to be consistent. You can be creative on what you want to do, but once you set up those rules, you kind of have to stick with it. Yeah. And so in the beginning, there's a point where Adam Sandler, uh, he's trying to beat up these guys, and he really, uh, his character is really sped up as he's running to and from them. Like, extremely. Yeah. Like, I was really surprised. Like, normal action movies, yeah, there's some, like, 
fast-paced movement, this was like martial arts status. Like, boom, 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 like yeah. way fast. Like it felt book. almost cartoonish. Yes, yeah. cartoonish, definitely. Almost animated. You're like, is that really Adam Sandler doing that? It doesn't even look like a stun devil at that point. Yeah, so that part was kind of weird, and it kind of took me out of the story for a little bit because I couldn't tell, is this supposed to be an effect? Is this actually what's happening in the story? Is he actually moving that fast? I don't know. It kind of threw yeah. me off a little bit because of how they, yeah, edited it. And especially, like, that would have almost been fine if they kept it like that. But then when weapons would come into play, they would do extreme. And I mean, like, extreme slow-mo. Like, he would throw the knife and it would just, like, go really, really, really slow. And that juxtaposition with the speeding up, it was just jarring. You're like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Like, if you're going to do slow-mo with certain parts of the action... Make the rest normal. Yeah, pick one or the other. Pick I one agree. or the other. Or, or, yeah, or keep it sped up the entire time. Like, it was really annoying. And, and then another thing with that scene that was inconsistent that I felt was the cinematography. It mm. was really confusing. Yeah, in the first scene. Yeah. Right before this fight begins, you see a white knife, Adam Sandler's character, against a, a posse of guys that want to hurt him because they're, they're mad at him. And... Basically, what White Knife does is he throws a sack of flour in the air and hits it with a knife to camouflage himself so the mm-hmm. flour's everywhere in the air. Clever. Like, sound yeah. seemed cool. Yeah. So the shot opens up facing both the groups in a portrait manner. So you have the side view of Adam Sandler and then the side yeah. view of the other guys. It's and like the a profile f- shot. Yeah, profile shot. And then the flower goes in the air, and that's all you see. And then when the flower goes down... What you would expect is that same shot, because that would make sense, yeah. right? No, they've positioned the camera completely somewhere else, and it's on Mercantile Store mm-hmm. that's in the back and completely turned at a different angle from where, they, where, the yeah. flower, where it was before the flower. And that can work if you pan it, if you help the audience get to that spot. But when you mm-hmm. just drop them in the middle of that... It's very, it's very unsettling. I was really, like, confused Yeah. after that. Visually, I was like, hey, oh, my head hurts. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, it's the same thing. It takes you out of the story. Yes. Where you, you're trying to wrap your mind around what's just happened, and, and you get out of it. You're, yeah. And that's usually not what people are trying to do in film. Usually yeah. you're trying to create... You're trying to create the story, right? Yeah. So the viewers can stay in the story and not have to be taken in and out of it so many times. And you can, like, do that if you if you want to be taken out of the story. Like, you can do it in a way that, like, to be critical. But this wasn't helping because that, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't, a, like, a moment that you wanted to be critical about yeah. or that had significance. It was an action scene. You don't want to be taken out of the story in the action scene. Yeah, that's where you're supposed to be hooked. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't love that. So... Our next element, kind of theme, that we noticed that was a huge problem was the racism and sexism, which is difficult because with parody, um, there's a lot of satire in parody. Yeah. Like, you can't, they go hand in hand. And it's just like SNL, like, how far is too far with jokes? And if you're pointing out, if you do an extreme of Mm -hmm. something that's really bad, um, like on the extreme end of really bad or really good, you want that to show the juxtaposition of real life. And that's where the criticism comes in. So, like, I understand where a lot of satires come in with that, where while they're allowed, almost allowed to be racist because, in an essence, they're pointing out racism. You're trying to point a finger at it and say, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So with this this film, 
it was hard to know where that line was. What yeah. were they helping? Were they hurting? We weren't sure. And I think the big thing was is because they weren't self aware. Yeah. They really weren't. The film itself wasn't self-aware. I, I don't know if it's with, like, SNL, how they're so blatantly aware of the racism when they use racist jokes. They even have characters in the story comment on it being racist. So, like, you know. And with this film, they didn't do that. Yeah. And I like that you brought that up, that satire is critical. That you're thinking, okay, there's something wrong with this situation. Yeah, we're being racist. But we can kind of tell that we're not supposed to be racist, that we're kind of criticizing the fact that we're being racist. And like you said, it's hard to tell if that's what uh, The Ridiculous Six was doing or not. Like, are they criticizing this or are they actually racist? I can't tell. Yeah, are they promoting it? Like, maybe they're not racist, but are they promoting it? Yeah, yeah. And so that was difficult. So there was the way they did the Indian names, like Mm -hmm. the Indian characters or Native American characters. But in the film, they even called it Indians the whole time. Which I think was kind of funny at first, especially because it was the white people who were calling yeah. them engines. So I thought that was kind of clever criticism on their part. Um, but it was just, it almost got annoying. It, it kind of went hand in hand with that redundancy. It was yeah. like, oh, I'm kind of over it. But with the Indian names, with the Native American names, they just, they pushed it too far, I feel like. There were some that were, were funny and then there were some that was like, ooh, ooh, I'm not a fan. Um, especially like the Screaming Eagle one. That was such a stereotype. Yeah. That, like, it could have been funny. I don't know. Yeah, but they had to keep bringing it up. Yeah. And same with um, Smoking Fox. That, that one was kind of clever, but it was yeah. just, it was hard to keep it going throughout the whole film. And then especially, oh, there was this one character. Her name was called Beaver Breath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if that, if that wasn't sexist, I don't really know what is. Like they could have done something to make that a little less, a little less sexist, in my opinion. Um, especially because she was the ugliest character, yeah, and she was also the one that would speak up and like talk back. So I was like, that's kind of sexist, and just kind of yeah, bringing up those sexual terms in her name. Like yeah. I think it was supposed to mention her ugliness, and the fact that they didn't really address that aspect of it all makes you wonder: did were they doing this on purpose? Exactly. Was there a reason? Because they could have made a clever name that made it a tribute to her ugliness. Skunk's and that, breath. I don't know. <laughs> not even breath. Like, it could have been, like, something. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But they chose the word because of its connotation to female yeah. genitalia. And yeah. I was like, really? Really? We're going there? We're going there? So that's what I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay, so for our next portion of the show, we have these recurring moments that we look at every single movie that we analyze and comment on um, and discover, per se. Um, and one of these moments is the whiplash moment, where the worst dialogue in the film. After it, words you were just like, ah, my brain hurts. I'm uncomfortable. I can't believe how stupid that was. It was like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I lost brain cells yeah. listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the overall worst line of the movie. You just yeah. groan afterwards. It's so painful. <laughs> so for this movie, what did you feel like it was? Yeah, so there was another part uh, where White Knife, he's with his Indian tribe, right? And he's kind of joking that one of the other uh, Native Americans does a really great, you know, white accent, American accent, that he can play an American because of his impersonations. So um, this is the impersonation that he does. Hey, guys, let's play with our chest hair and eat potato chips. 
And it just so dumb. Just no, <laughs> I just I just couldn't do it. It it just wasn't funny. It, I don't know. It just did not land in the slightest. Like I get what they were trying to say, but like that was so out of the century, out of the time period, out of the mm-hmm. genre. And wasn't super relatable. Like, let's play with our chest hair and eat potato chips. Like, chest hair might have been funny paired with something else. But it was just not well written. Yeah. It was basically, yeah, it was whiplash. Like, my head hurt after that. I was like, oh, <laughs> I just, I'm never going to get those seconds back. Like, oh, ow, no. Like, that was so dumb. Yeah. Like, please stop. <laughs> but that's just how I felt. No, I totally feel you. Yeah, so our second segment is called The Shooting Star and this is kind of just, you know, that last-ditch effort to keep the film alive. We're just the kind of the silver lining, like, <laughs> oh, this part was actually good. Maybe because of this part, the film could have been good. Just maybe. Or maybe it would be just good enough for me to watch again. Like, oh, just maybe, just scene. maybe. <laughs> like, there's hope out there. It's like the star is shooting. You're like, oh, it's so beautiful. And then it just all comes crumbling down to the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Hits the atmosphere, basically. Um, at least I, what I thought was um, the shooting star moment was that hanging scene with Little Pete. Yeah, that one was funny. And that was an example, I think, of where the joke wasn't, didn't go too far. They had mentioned it once before in the film where he says his neck is so strong that he would tie a rope around his neck to kind of um, pull the plow. Mm. So it references it. So you're kind of expecting it when it gets to that point, but it's not overdone. And I wasn't necessarily expecting it either. Even when he got hung, I was like expecting it completely. But then once it happened, it felt like an inside joke with me and the yeah, writers. And yeah. that's what makes comedy really good yeah. is when you have like almost like a little... Easter egg surprise that's used later in the film. So it was just so funny, the swinging back and forth. And they did it for a while, but they cut action in between. And that's what kept it exciting and still funny. And he was just laughing hysterically and having a blast because he's kind of like a little kid yeah. in his in the way he talks and the way he acts. Um, and so it was really funny. It was like he was just having a good old time up there. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was the one scene where I genuinely was laughing the whole time and I actually... Sat there and thought, wow, this is actually kind of enjoyable. You know, maybe this could maybe redeem the movie. And then just... And then, yeah, it just kind of went back downhill. But I did enjoy that scene. That was a good scene. (laughs) Um, And then for our last segment... My favorite one. (laughs) Favorite. Um, Basically, we just wanted a segment that was the turning point like where it was so bad that we're like we can't go back from this like you've I literally just died a really bad movie this is too much yep <laughs> so what basically happened was um one of the ridiculous six what was his name the the hispanic character oh i know his donkey's name we we know that really well is burrow yeah, so he has a donkey named burrow yeah and burrow was um Oh, Ramon. Spe- oh Ramon. Ramon is his name. Yeah, that's his name. Well, Burrow has a special power um, that at least Ramon thinks is really special, where he literally, Ramon uses his donkey as a weapon by um, volcanic diarrhea. Yeah, it literally explodes it was, out of his butt. It's really exciting. When it happened, I kid you not, I like wanted to hurl. I, I curled over and I was like, oh, what did I just watch? And honestly, it could have been done tastefully once. And I might have been okay with it. Like, maybe just once. Maybe, maybe, maybe I would have let it slide. But it lasted so long. That scene 
was cruel to watch because it just kept going. The diarrhea yeah. kept going. Well, and they did it over and over. It was used throughout the movie. Just oh, it was again a weapon. And again. Yeah, and definitely. <laughs> yeah, and again, you know, potty humor can be funny, I guess. Maybe if you're five. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, but, what was this? Was this written by a fourteen-year-old? I don't understand. Like that's how I felt a little bit throughout the film. Is that the humor was really immature? It was just disgusting. Yeah, I, I didn't want to see that. That was gross. No, I really that shatting donkey was just so so gross. Honestly, it's like the epitome of the worst thing that could happen in a bad film. It's just it took a shatting donkey. Shatting donkey. So yeah, honestly, let's just call it the worst moment of films, the shatting donkey. Yeah, so this is our shatting donkey segment. <laughs> You're welcome for sharing that with you. I am so sorry. <laughs> and honestly, if you do end up watching it, just oh, just skip it. It's just it hurts your eyes. Well, while we're on that topic, is this a film that you should watch? I mean, yeah. is this the kind of film, say, that you can enjoy? That it's it's bad to the point where you can still sit and laugh at it yeah. and point out the bad aspects? Or is it just something you should avoid at all costs? I, I don't know. It's hard. I, I don't think it's—I think there are moments in it that were worth watching, but— to sit down, and I'm a big believer in sitting down watching the entire film. I hate yeah. watching just sections of film. I think it ruins the like the movie-going experience. Mm-hmm. But honestly, with this film, that's how I feel about it, is I would just watch certain parts. So I think, honestly, on a scale from, like, black hole, not worth your time, run away, like, steer clear yeah. of, versus, like, I don't know, like a supernova where mm-hmm. it's really interesting – Probably dangerous to watch and really crappy and, like, should avoid. Yeah. But it's still fun and entertaining. Um, I think it's somewhere in the middle, honestly. Yeah. It's somewhere in the middle. I think a little bit more towards Supernova, actually, a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit. Because it's, I've almost, I've almost, like, I don't know, become more fond of it a little bit over time after having watched it. And granted, I did fall asleep the first time. Which was really bad. And guys, I never fall asleep during movies. Like, it was bad. That's how that's how bored I got. So maybe actually And you're still gonna call it a supernova. I, wow. I, I don't know if no, I'm I impressed. Hey, I said it was like on the way okay. there. It's okay. still in the middle. I still think you should avoid certain parts of it. But Well, I'm just I guess I don't have a lot of experience with lots of terrible movies since this is the beginning of our discovery, but I'm just gonna call it a black hole. I'm just going to say, you know, we, we're telling you, we, we told you about the hanging scene, right? So I guess yeah. you can go back and watch that if you want. But, but just take our word for it. Yeah. Just, just listen to this podcast yeah. and accept this as your exposure to the ridiculous six. <laughs> and did the shatting donkey, is that what did you in, you think? Yeah. Yeah. It, that pushed yeah. you. That pushed you. I know. I think it pushed me too. It, honestly. It was just, I just... I have younger brothers, and I've just never been a fan. But, you know, there's a difference between, like, oh, farting, haha, that's hilarious. And then just, yeah. like, the explosive, just oh. disgusting, you know, everything. I, yeah. I don't need that yeah, in my life. Yeah, if they had farted, oh, my gosh, it would have been so much better if they just farted. Yeah. So take, take it what you will. If you want to see it, just be warned that this is what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> because this film was such a black hole... We're going to have a new segment for you guys called a palate cleanser. So anytime we rate something that's a black hole, we want to give you guys the option of a better film that's along the same lines as the film we had been reviewing. So for this week, we have two options for you. We have one film that's on Netflix and one film that is on Amazon Prime. 
So the film that's on Netflix is called Casa de Mi Padre, and it's in that it was filmed in 2012, and it's starring Will Ferrell, and it's a really funny parody um, on no- telenovelas as well as westerns. So it's got a really fun Hispanic twist to it. Um, it's not necessarily the best film or the best Western parody, but it is an option if you're looking for something similar on Netflix. And then for our second film is the classic, and I think one of the best Western parodies of all time, Blazing Saddles, um, that was made in 1974, starring Gene Wilder. So we hope you guys enjoy those ones. So thank you for joining us for Thanks, our guys. Um, discovery of this film, The Ridiculous Six. We... We hope you enjoyed <laughs> our podcast, and if if you really liked it, please like subscribe. Subscribe. Um, but to get you a little excited for next week, we're going to be doing a film called Yoga Hosers, and yes, it is set in Canada, so this should be really exciting. And I think there's zombies involved, right? There's a lot involved. It th- this might be our next black hole. Oh, cool. it just might. So tune in next week, um, and we'll see you then. Thanks, guys. Bye.